Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 444. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 13 through 19. Let's read our passage. Therefore, the person who speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the Spirit, and I will also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the Spirit, how will the outsider say, Amen, at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying? For you may very well be giving thanks, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others, also than 10,000 words in a tongue. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, a church he had founded five years earlier on his second missionary journey, a church that's got a lot of issues. One of their issues is that they're trying to just be super spiritual and all very showy. They're very proud of their knowledge and wisdom, and they're very much enamored with showy spiritual gifts, specifically the gift of tongues. And Paul's providing some correction to them. And so chapters 12, 13, and 14 are dealing with spiritual gifts, specifically their problem of unbridled application of the the gift of tongues. In chapter 12, he made the case for diversity, diversity within unity. The point being that not everybody speaks with tongues. That's just not the way the Spirit works. The Spirit works with a diverse set of gifts because the the body is diverse, but unified. And he gave the metaphor of the human body comprised of many different parts, but they all work together and are unified. So he made the case there for diversity. Not everybody has the gift of tongues. Then in chapter 13, he made the case for love, that love is the foundation for how Christian community works. And what they are doing is not based in love. It's based in essentially pride. They're so proud of their spirituality. He says, without love, the spiritual gifts are useless. They mean nothing because the purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the body, to build up the church. And if you're doing it in a prideful way, you are not building the church. So spiritual gifts without love is counterproductive. And now in chapter 14, he's talking about the need for intelligibility in public worship. The problem with the gift of tongues, as Paul portrays it, is that is directed toward God, which would make it prayer and praise. And it's directed toward God and is unintelligible to those around And so he's making the case that in public worship, intelligibility is important. He started out chapter 12 with that idea that how do you even know something is of the Spirit if you don't know what it says? And that intelligibility is needed for that to even know if it is something of the Spirit. And in fact, at the end of the passage we looked at last, we talked about If you're with somebody who speaks a foreign language and you don't understand that foreign language, you're like foreigners to one another. And the application then was, if somebody is speaking in tongues that no one else 
in the church understands, then they are like foreigners to one another in public worship. And that's just not at all what public worship is about. So verse 13, he picks it up there. Therefore, the person who speaks in a tongue should pray that he can interpret. The point here being that that would give it intelligibility. Then it's not a fact that nobody knows what's being said. Because if there is this gift of tongues that no one can understand, but someone interprets it, well, then it is understood. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. He's given us here little glimpses of this thing called tongues. He says it's spirit directed, but it's not understood by anyone else and not even understood by the person saying it. And so he says basically it's my spirit under the direction of the Holy Spirit, but I, even I don't know what's being said if I'm speaking in tongues. So verse 15, what then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the spirit and I will also sing praise with my understanding. So Paul says, well, the solution here, it's both. And notice he gives two examples here, pray and sing praises, because it's directed toward God. And he says, I will do this thing in tongues, but I will also do it with understanding. I have to get it from the context, but what he's saying is, and I will do the thing in tongues in private. I will do the thing with understanding in public. And verse 16, otherwise, if he prays with the Spirit, how will the outsider say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you're saying? He's given the example of you're giving thanks, but the other people don't know what's being said, and even I don't know what's being said. And so, in the setting of public worship, if you're doing this thing that nobody knows what's being said, how can anyone else even participate? How can somebody even say amen at the end of your prayer if they don't know it's a prayer and they don't know when it's over? And they can't say amen because how do you say amen to something that you don't even know what was being said? Now, this translation says outsider. Different translations uh, give it different words here because it's hard to give an exact meaning to this in his context, but obviously it's somebody else he's referring to. Now, the, uh, the Greek word used here is idioti, which is what we get the word idiot from. And that would not be an appropriate application to this. He's not saying an idiot. What he's saying is somebody who doesn't understand. And that's, why, that's where we get the word idiot. It really came from a word which meant common man. But then it became known as an unlearned man. And so somebody who doesn't understand being here that, okay, if you're speaking in tongues, anybody else doesn't understand and they can't say amen because they don't know that it's a prayer. They don't know what the prayer was and you can't say amen to something you don't understand. Verse 17, for you may very well be giving thanks, but the other person is not being built up. So you, you see from his context, he's talking about public worship. Okay, you're praying in tongues and you may be giving thanks. Not that you know it, not that anybody else knows it. His point is the other person's not being built up. 
Intelligibility here is linked with edification. That is the building up of the church. And unintelligible things don't build up the church. Because the church doesn't even know if these things are of the Spirit. So nobody benefits from this unintelligible speech in the church. Now remember, we saw a hint that perhaps some of their criticism of Paul was, along with the things where he, he didn't accept money and he didn't act like they thought an apostle should act. It was perhaps a criticism that, well, Paul doesn't speak in tongues. Therefore, he must not be a very good apostle. We, we must be more spiritual than he is because we speak in tongues and Paul doesn't speak in tongues. Well, he answers that here in verse 18. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, one question is, how does he know he speaks tongues more than all of you? Well, it's maybe hyperbole, but the point being is, it's, it's not that I don't speak in tongues. It's not appropriate for public worship. And so Paul's saying, in my own personal, private prayer life, yeah, I do. I do more than all you guys. And so he's actually answering their criticism here. It's not, you're more spiritual than I am. But he rejects the rationale that that is the measure of spirituality. You think, I'm not spiritual because I don't speak in tongues? Well, I do. But that's not a, the question. That's not the measure of spirituality. So he's slapping them back on their criticism, but he's absolutely rejecting their rationale for that. But you see here, blatantly in, in verse 19, yet in the church, in public worship, it's absolutely inappropriate. I would rather speak five intelligible words than 10,000 unintelligible words. Now he uses 10,000 here because that's the largest number in the Greek language at this time. Point being, a large number. The word is myrios, from where we get the word myriad. And his point being, that, you know, pick any number. We would say a gazillion. I'd rather speak five intelligible words than a gazillion unintelligible words. And he adds to teach others. And this is adding that point of the purpose of these spiritual gifts is to build up the church, not to show my spirituality, not to make things seem spiritual or mysterious or exotic or whatever. The purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the church. And Paul's argument through all this is unintelligibility does not build up. He seems to be allowing that in your private setting, when it's just you and God, yeah, it does. It builds you up because it draws you closer to God because you're praying and praising God, praying to God and praising God in this language that's being guided by the Spirit. And between you and God, that's okay. But it doesn't belong in public worship because it excludes others. It makes them as foreigners. It does not build them up. And intelligibility is needed. Back to the very beginning of chapter 12. How can the rest of the church even say that it is of the Spirit? They can't. And therefore, it doesn't belong in public worship. So remember the context. What is going on? Paul's not giving them a tutorial of spiritual gifts. Paul is 
correcting their inappropriate use of spiritual gifts, their inappropriate understanding of spiritual gifts, that they are using spiritual gifts, specifically this gift of tongues, as a measure of their spirituality. Look what I am doing. See how spiritual I am. So one would even question, do they even have this gift? Or are they just doing things that nobody can say it's not? And probably that's the case. And then we saw a hint that that sort of thing went on in the pagan temples. And they're just doing what they saw in the pagan temples, but saying, hey, look, I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit. And, and nobody can say whether it's of the Holy Spirit or not, because nobody knows what's being said. And, and so Paul's correcting that and saying, this is chaos. You guys need to have order in your public worship. And you've definitely got the wrong attitude. Public worship should be the body of Christ coming together to build up one another, to glorify God, to praise the Lord. And if people are just doing things that nobody else knows what's going on, that's just chaos. That is not building up the church and bringing people closer to God. We'll continue the argument as we continue. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.